everyone, welcome to Death Metal Discharge, DMD Exploring the 80s, the podcast where the hardcore kid goes through the Terrorizer Top 100, most important albums of the decade that created extreme music, the 1980s. I'm the aforementioned hardcore kid, my name is Vince, and I'm bringing some reviews about albums that I may or may not have heard before. Today we're talking about an album that if you've been following along so far, you shouldn't be surprised to know I never really heard this one, maybe a song or two off of it. And that is the album Screaming for Vengeance by the new wave of British heavy metal band Judas Priest. This is super not the world that I am familiar with in terms of growing up musically whatever and this album i feel probably a lot of people out there who love it but you know even comparing it to the other judas priest album on this list british steel this is kind of a step in the wrong direction for me personally to give some context this is the band's eighth album in as many years which is insane. Could you imagine a band in this day and age releasing a full-length album every year and having fans that like every album you put out just seems inconceivable for a rock band. Maybe a hip-hop artist. You know, there's rappers who drop numerous mixtapes all the time and people love it, but rock bands just don't operate on that formula anymore. But in 1982, you know, we had Iron Maiden put out their third album in three years, Motorhead. I don't know about in 1982, but in 1980, they released Ace of Spades, which was their fourth official album in like four years. And they also had some sort of bootleg thing going on. Then they released No Sleep Till Hammersmith, their live album in 81. So... These bands were cranking out records at this time, which is pretty cool, honestly. And also, like, kind of, this stuff hadn't become super commercially viable yet at this point. Wikipedia says that Screaming for Vengeance was Judas Priest's breakout album, due in large part to the single You've Got Another Thing Coming. And can you imagine being in a band for eight years, putting out an album every year and not achieving the level of success that you've been going for? I feel like a lot of people would have given up by that point. But, you know, there were still a ton of Judas Priest fans out there. And I think this also speaks to maybe the fact that you used to be able to sustain yourself off of record sales and stuff like that. It's very interesting to juxtapose that with like maybe a band like Turnstile who put out their fourth, I guess third full length record, but you know, fifth or sixth record in a decade and finally achieved commercial success. So Judas Priest is the Turnstile of the 80s. <laughs> And this album, Screaming for Vengeance, is a very slick album, especially from a production standpoint. 
We're now getting a major dichotomy and approach between metal bands with Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, who in 1982 released two of the slickest sounding records that we've heard so far on this list. And bands like Venom or the hardcore acts of the era who were deliberately almost going the opposite way, pushing for sonic extremity or... It's hard to say in some cases if it was deliberate or just a product of, you know, no commercial viability. But either way, that dichotomy now exists where Iron Maiden and Judas Priest are getting some of the best production of the era on their records. And then you have shit like the first Bad Brains tape, which sounds like it was recorded in a concrete box. <laughs> which I think it probably was. And to me, this Judas Priest record is overproduced. There's a fair bit of sterility in the mix. There's no sloppiness. Not a ton of bite to me. The guitars, they sound like they're almost kind of like squeaking when they solo. Just like this squeaky clean kind of tone. It sounds like there's like a hundred guitar tracks the vocals are very obviously tracked. There's a lot of vocal tracks. They're doubled up. And, you know, it's getting like a full kind of pop rock and roll production. And I liked the Judas Priest album that preceded this on the list, British Steel. Because to me, the production on that record seemed kind of like bold and creative and like they were going for something and this record I almost get the opposite kind of feeling it sounds kind of formulaic to me in terms of the production like it still sounds you know on the same level of like objective quality maybe even better but it just doesn't have that character for me this record just kind of sounds like okay, well, we know that this will sound good on the radio or whatever, and they kind of dialed that in. And also the songs on here, they seem slower and more anthemic. Like if you compare some of the stuff on here to the song Rapid Fire from British Steel with that up-tempo, fast-paced, kind of really like heavy metal approach to it, like new wave of heavy metal sort of, aggression and speed this feels almost like a step backwards or a return to the 70s in terms of how bluesy it is like i would say this is just as much a hard rock album as it is a heavy metal album and there are moments on british steel like living after midnight that are pretty hard rocking kind of tracks too but to me they go completely in that direction on Screaming for Vengeance, with a couple notable exceptions. It's like they took the success they had from something like Living After Midnight and then said, let's do that 11 times and make a new record and extrapolate it across a whole album. And honestly, I wonder how much of an influence the band Kiss had on Judas Priest, or maybe how much of an influence Judas Priest had on Kiss. Because I can hear Kiss's kind of like cock rock swagger all over this record. 
And I do always confuse Breaking the Law with a Kiss song whenever it starts. But more to the point of Screaming for Vengeance, you know, this is kind of, it's hard rocking, kind of like glamorous a little bit. It just reminds me a lot of like what I think Kiss sounds like. And I'm not a big Kiss fan personally. So I remember the band said British Steel was influenced a fair bit by ACDC, who they've been out on tour with. And I wonder if a band like Kiss would have factored into the equation at all for influencing Judas Priest. And then conversely, I'm wondering how influential was this on stuff that was starting to materialize on the Sunset Strip in L.A.? Because, like... The song Devil's Child, it only needs a slight nudge into pop sensibility and it could be like a Poison or a Motley Crue song with that big hooky chorus on it. And I don't know, it's just not like my tastes just don't really align with that kind of stuff. I've never really found it to be for me unless it's kind of muddied up a little bit, unless we're talking about Guns N' Roses, you know? But one thing I will say about this Judas Priest record, the guitar player is shredding on this shit, especially when it comes to the solos. Much like Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, there's an element of technicality to this record that's impressive, even if it, again, doesn't really align with my taste as compared to some of the shit like Venom or Black Flag for example, which I like more, but it's just rudimentary idiot music compared to this. You know what I mean? So I will say like it did take a lot of talent to put this record together. The singer's good. The guitar players are good. The producer knew what he was doing. They had the budget. They had the chops to pull this off. But for me, being somebody who my favorite bands and records that came out in 1982, we're talking about the Bad Brains, we're talking about Discharge. This is like not what I'm looking for in the music world of 1982. But that's okay. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are going to disagree with me. And I'm sure... If I listen to this record a couple more times, you know how a record doesn't hit you right the first time and you let it sink in, listen to it more than once. I'm going to do that with this because, I don't know, I like British Steel a fair bit more than all the other new wave of British heavy metal stuff. I've been coming back to that one a decent amount, so I feel like maybe I should give this one another shot. But anyway, my favorite songs... The song Bloodstone has a great riff underneath the chorus. The title track, Screaming for Vengeance, it's one of the more fast-paced songs on the record while still having this real bluesy kind of hard rock riff structure that the rest of the album is built around as well. And then another thing coming, Stompy, it's catchy. I know that's the commercial hit, and I've been bitching the whole time about how this record is too commercial or whatever, but to me, that's what this record is going for. And I think the fact that this was the breakthrough single speaks quality-wise to how good that song is. 
because it's probably the best song on this album. And my final thoughts on this record as a whole, I don't think you have to guess. I found this one a little bit boring. I've noticed I can enjoy some of the new wave of British heavy metal stuff when it's either really catchy, really fast, or really heavy. And for me, Screaming for Vengeance sacrifices a lot of intensity for approachability. Like, it seems like a safe record. And they know the formula that would give them success because they kind of tasted it before. And they said, okay, well, let's dial it in. And it worked for them. This is Judas Priest's commercial breakthrough, according to Wikipedia. But to me, it's a step back from British Steel in terms of the intensity, the energy, the speed. So I like it less. But I wasn't really expecting this record to be kind of like slower and more anthemic. So, you know, maybe with tempered expectations, I'll come back to it and enjoy it for what it is. You can check it out if you want. I wouldn't super recommend it, but if you liked the other new wave of British heavy metal stuff that we've listened to so far more than I have, you might like this more than I have too. So that was Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest. Check back with me next week. We're doing a record that I've been posing on and I really only got into in the last year or two. But I think it's got some real fucking great tracks on it. So check back in next week and we'll talk about something that I enjoy a little bit more than British Steel. I'll see you guys then.